Welcome into the Chomp Pod. We have a very special show ahead. I'm your host, Nick Mazzoni. And I'm your co-host, Jack Davies. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Chomp Pod for updates and new episodes. For our first episode, we'll be reviewing this past week in Bay Area Sports. Giants and A's baseball is back. I'll be talking about my latest story, SF State's third baseman, Richie Rios. And we have a very special guest interview with Golden State Warriors play-by-play announcer, Bob Fitzgerald, who spoke with the Chomp earlier this week about his broadcasting career and the Warriors. Okay, let's go to SF State. How about the baseball player, Richie Rios? Richie helped lead the team to their best winning percentage since 2006, but unfortunately, the season was cut short before any playoff action. Richie was an honorable mention for the All-Star team after having himself a really good season. What was it like talking to Richie? He is a great leader and a great teammate, and it was really awesome to speak with him. He's a very humble guy who really appreciated getting some recognition. All right, here's a quick clip from the baseball coach, Tony Schifano. Yeah, I've known Richie for about a year. Um, I, I should say I, I recruited him for about a year, and then I, I got to coach him for a year, so I've known him for about two years. Um, Richie's relatively uh, a quiet young man. Um, keeps to himself, uh, very humble. Kind of earns the respect from his teammates with the way he plays the game as opposed to, you know, being very talkative and whatnot. So he's kind of a leader by example more than anything. I asked Richie what he loves about baseball. Here's a clip of what he said. I love how it's not the same every day. I mean, one day you can be 4 for 4 and then the next day you can get humbled real quick and you can strike out four times. It's really just, it's up in the air. I mean, it's just a game that you have no control over. It's, it's very hard to be consistent. And when you do see consistent players, I think it makes you appreciative towards them. Just because you know it's not easy. It's, <laughs> it's one of the hardest games there is. So it definitely keeps you humble. And there's more where that came from. Check out the article at our website, goldengayexpress.org. Fans will be excited to watch the Giants and A's in person. March 4th, the state updated its COVID reopening blueprint, which is now allowing outdoor venues to safely reopen. And stadium attendance will be limited to the county's current tier. Currently, we are in the red tier, which means attendance will be limited to 20%, with concession sales in seat only. Still, with no one in sight, the SF State Gators will be sidelined until further notice. Alright, let's move on to the baseball brief. After coming off a disappointing 2020 season, the Giants finished under 500 and hope to turn things around this year. With powerhouses in the division, like the Dodgers and the Padres, it won't be easy. One player to watch for is outfielder Heliot Ramos. So far this spring, he's hitting 450 and has 3 homers on 20 at-bats. I'm watching for him to develop as the Giants' future star. Tommy Listella is a new addition for the Orange and Black. He's a career 270 hitter, and last year he played for both the Angels and the A's. Alright, let's move on to Oakland. What are the A's looking like, Jack? The A's have had a disappointing playoffs the last three seasons and followed it up with letting several key players go this offseason. They lost three of their star players in shortstop Marcus Simeon, closing pitcher Liam Hendricks, and traded designated hitter Chris Davis for shortstop Elvis Andrus in $13.5 million cash. They signed closing pitcher Trevor Rosenthal and designated hitter Mitch Moreland. In doing so, they ended up freeing up $32 million to spend on other roster spots while downgrading quite a bit on talent. However, they did lose some fan favorites in the process. I'm expecting the A's to be a competitive team once again, however. 
three things I'm looking forward to are seeing how the A's will continue to fill out their roster, the continued growth of Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, and seeing if the A's can beat the Astros for the division once again. Hey, something I'm not looking forward to. A's winning 97 games and losing in the second round. Hey, buddy. Talk to me when the Giants make the playoffs, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, all right. Before we get into our basketball brief and main interview today, the Chomp Podcast is starting a March Madness bracket. And join the Chomp on ESPN's Bracket Challenge app to compete against us. I'm really excited March Madness is back. It was a bummer not to have it last year. It will definitely be weird for there not to be fans, as the atmosphere is way more exciting with them there. But I'm looking forward to it, and I hope the outcome is more predictable than Gonzaga winning it all. It is March Madness after all, so anything can happen. All right, let's move on to the Warriors. Heading into the second half of the season, the Warriors are now 19-19, and and in the ninth place in the West. Personally, I've been pretty disappointed with the Warriors' season so far. I thought this team had enough talent to be a 4-5 seed, and they've definitely underperformed. Uber has been playing well recently, and Wiseman is playing up to his draft position, so the future is definitely bright moving forward. Ooh, maybe they should have drafted LaMelo? I don't know. Okay, let's move on to our interview of the day with Bob Fitzgerald. Thank you very much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to have you. Uh, Bob Fitzgerald, the voice of the Warriors, is with us, and I couldn't be more excited about it. So let's get started. I wanted to talk a little bit about your career and the culmination of that, being that this is a student publication. And so we could start in high school. You went to Sarah High School in San Mateo, and I was wondering, did you broadcast games when you were at Sarah? No, I, I, I didn't do it in high school. Um, my dad was an electrician at Comiskey Park in Chicago where the White Sox played. So as a little kid, I got to go to the ballpark and see the players and this and that. And Harry Carey was actually the White Sox announcer uh, with a guy named Jimmy Pearsall. And so I saw those guys on the field and this and that. And, you know, I, they, were, they were drinking old-style beer and eating hot dogs and, you know, watching the game. And as a kid, I was like, wow, they get into the game for free. That's really fun. And then someone said, no, that's their job. It's like, wait a minute, like talking about the game can be a job. That seems like a really neat job. So when we moved to the Bay area, when I was nine, uh, the Warriors played in the NBA championship against Washington and their announcer was Bill King, who I listened to on the radio and fell in love with. And they had a, a show on KNBR called sports phone 68 that Hank Greenwald I'm the longtime Giants announcer, you know, took phone calls from fans. And I said, man, I want to be the Warrior announcer and I want to have a, a show on KNBR. That'd be great. And uh, I said that at my ninth birthday. And so 28 years with KNBR and then 28 years now with the Warriors. And that's led to the NFL and arena football and the Olympics and just so many other good things. It's been really fun. Awesome. And speaking of Bill King, I read that he was an idol of yours, and I also read that he was a prolific painter, so I had to ask, what's your hobby, and what are they going to be talking about when they, when they mention Bob Fitzgerald? You know, I have zero skills in terms of artistic uh, or music or anything like that. I'm a big history guy, so I love history and politics. I was an accounting and finance major, so investments and other things are interesting to me, but I wish I could paint or play the piano or do one of those things. I'm, I'm, I'm relegated to playing golf and walking the dogs and raising my kids and, and doing that stuff. But my, my pursuits really are kind of history, politics, and, and business and finance. I find all that stuff fascinating and 
pay pretty close attention to it. <laughs> That's great. He's an awesome guy. He, uh, he was also into Russian literature, which I thought was really interesting. Um, my next question, uh, you mentioned that you were, you were studying accounting when you were in college. Was that at Notre Dame? Yeah, well, at Notre Dame, I did accounting and finance and uh, auditioned for the student radio station there, WVFI, the voice of the Fighting Irish, and was fortunate enough to be able to call basketball games and football games for Notre Dame. And that was a, a good era because they won the national championship in football, um, had guys like Rick Meyer and Jerome Bettis and Ricky Waters and Tony Rice and, and so many great players. Tim Brown won the Heisman. He's my classmate. Um, and then in basketball, we beat Danny Manning in Kansas when they were number one and beat North Carolina when they were number one and went to the tournament all four years. And a number of our players went on to the NBA. So that really was a, you know, a super great time, not only to be at Notre Dame, but to, to be involved in student radio. And that led to the CBA basketball and the Columbus Horizon and getting my master's in sports management at Ohio State. And then I uh, came out to the Bay Area to work for a company called Bay Area Hockey 91, which uh, turned into the San Jose Sharks. And that kind of led me back uh, to the Bay Area and, and into the sports world. Support the Golden Gate Express's work by signing up for our online newsletter. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at GGX News and visiting the website goldengateexpress.org. Interested in advertising with GGX? Check out our advertising page on goldengateexpress.org slash advertising. And tell us on our Twitter page at the Chomp Pod how your favorite team will play in the regular season. Okay, and then how did you go from studying accounting to broadcasting? Uh, the, the thing was, is, you know, they're accounting and finance, you get a degree to get a job. And I was hired by Pricewaterhouse uh, to be an accountant. But then you have your dream of what you'd like to do. And that was always for me to be broadcasting. And so I think that the, the Notre Dame stuff, whether it was hockey or basketball or football, was the first taste to try to do it and uh, really realize how much I enjoyed it and how much fun I had with it. And then figured out, you know what, I might be okay at this. And if I work at it, maybe I could, I could make it uh, to be really good at this. And so I think there's always those two tracks, particularly for young people, is you're, you're getting your education, which is going to be necessary no matter what job you end up having. But then you should also have something that you love that you're trying to pursue to, to see if that can be your profession. And sometimes that works out for people and, and sometimes it doesn't. And in the broadcasting business, it can be really competitive and you need some good fortune. And then when opportunity presents itself, you know, you've got to be, you got to be ready to go. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like that your time at Notre Dame, like being around all, you know, just it's like a sports machine over there. Do you feel like that that really brought you to rise to the occasion and get the confidence you needed to continue on? I'll tell you what, I mean, I've been fortunate, you know, um, the United States winning a gold medal, you know, in men's and women's basketball in London, um, the United States men and women both making the gold medal games in water polo and in Beijing, you know, those were really fun national NBC sports, you know, big time broadcast. Um, Kobe Bryant and Antoine Jameson each had 51 points in a game. Uh, that was in 2000. So that was 21 years ago, but NBA TV re-ran that a couple times. I got to see that, um, the warrior parades getting MC, you know, three championship parades. And the first one with 1.5 million people out there. And you're kind of doing the MC of that. Um, Steph Curry this year, his 62 point game is his career high. I call Clay Thompson's. 
37 point quarter, which is an NBA record. And, you know, Clay's 14 threes in a game, which is an NBA record and numerous Steph Curry, 50 point games. And I got to be on the mic for the Warriors 73rd victory, which was, you know, the NBA record for wins in a season. So I've been really lucky. I've, I've had, so there've been great individual performances and, and great team things. I, I got to call the, the Notre Dame, West Virginia national championship in the Fiesta Bowl when Notre Dame won the title. So that was, you know, that was a student radio, but it still was a lot of fun. So I've, I've just been really, really lucky in terms of the events I've had and the opportunities I've had and just the ability to, to do those things for a living. Going forward with the rest of the season, what, what adjustments do you think that the Warriors will need to make to make the deep playoff like push that they, that they may want to make? Well, I, I think the absence of Clay Thompson takes away a huge component of what has made the Warriors a title contender. I think they can be in the playoffs for sure, and then in the playoffs kind of anything can happen. But for them, they're also developing James Wiseman and Eric Paschal and hopefully Jordan Poole. And so it's a little bit of both. You're trying to win because you have Steph Curry and Draymond and Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre are fitting in. And But this is more – be a quality team, be a competitive team, be an interesting team, and then also develop players. So when you add potentially draft picks as well as Clay Thompson's return, then you can get back to that ultimate pursuit of being an elite team, you know, that they had such a great run, seven straight years in the playoffs and five straight trips to the finals. And I think that Steph and Draymond and Clay probably have at least one more run in them. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see. Absolutely. Do you think that, with Clay out, that, that that leads to some of the challenges that they're facing right now for the trade deadline in terms of what they want, the moves that they may want to make? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think that, you know, if you are right on the cusp of pursuing a championship, then, you know, the trade deadline has a certain meaning. I think for the Warriors, if they were to make any transactions, they would be for the short term, but more importantly, for the long term. You know, this is not uh, a team that is right next to winning a title, they're 19 and 18 at the break. And so um, I don't think that they'll be involved in any transaction that wouldn't have good long-term ramifications. Whereas you have a team like maybe the Lakers, they're right in that championship window. If they were going to make a transaction, it would be to help LeBron win right now. All right, and that was our episode. This is Nick and Jack. We're campus news reporters for GGX and your host for The Chomp. And with that, we're signing off. Chomp.